Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Uh, boy, pretty exciting. Thank you, thank you, all of you who watch on YouTube. Uh, pretty exciting. We just passed 2,000 subscribers. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Rosh Hashem. I mean, uh, we weren't even planning on streaming before the pandemic, and now there's, there's people watching all over the world. Thank you. Those of you who watch, we have a number of people who watch real regularly who absolutely we've never heard from. We have other people who watch regularly who will just send in gifts on the internet and, uh, you know, through our PayPal site, but we don't know who they are. We just, they're just these random gifts, and we know, it's just unbelievable. Thank you, those of you who are watching from all over. Please, if you are watching, hit the subscribe button and also the like button, that's the thumbs up, and also the share button, share it, share it on your social media sites. We want to share the good news of Messiah, Amen. I was just down at the rabbi, we, this past week I've been at the rabbis conference, there's a, a grouping of Messianic rabbis from all over the world that got together down in, uh, uh, in Florida this past week and I was down with all those folks and had such a wonderful time, but uh, a number of the people were sharing with me. In fact, I had, uh, I had one elder in a congregation in Minnesota that told me that his son, Samuel, never misses one of our Shabbat services online. And, and that it really, in fact, they, uh, he delivered a letter written by his son Samuel to me, uh, just expressing his appreciation for the services and their blessing to him. So I wrote him back. But, uh, but who would have thought, you know? And so Samuel, if you're watching, uh, shalom to you. I'm really, I was glad to meet your dad this week. And, uh, and, and I pray that you're blessed. But w- w- how wonderful is that? Uh, what the Lord is doing really all around our movement. And we got reports about, there seems to be a kind of recovering of, of, of uh, kind of momentum, if you will, in the movement post-pandemic. This, this rabbi's conference had a, a, a really much more strong tenor to it. It wasn't just, you know, we're kind of riding out the storm, which maybe the last rabbi's conference or two was, but this one was a we're taking background, uh, and so I'm really excited across the across the the country. There were a number of people I talked to, to rabbis who were getting buildings or or were getting larger facilities, or uh, and just in general how God is moving. So that's very encouraging. Amen. Okay, I I have a word for you. I think it's going to bless you. We're going to start in Matthew, please, chapter 14. And, uh, and this, the genesis of this message, really, uh, turn to Matthew, not Genesis, uh, the, 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 oh, the 
What originated this message for me was something that someone said. I can't remember who it was. I'd give them credit, I promise you, but I can't remember who said it. But this was some time ago, maybe, I don't know, a year ago or so. I, I heard somebody say something that struck me as pretty profound. And it was so much so that I really needed to, to bake on it and dwell on it and think about it. And because it really struck me, and I thought there's truth to this. And the more I dug into it, the more it resonated with it. And what they said was, boldness and vulnerability are catalysts for spiritual growth. Man, when when they said that, I was just like, wow, I really got to think about that for a while. That's deep. And it really resonated with my spirit. Let me say that again. Boldness, boldness and vulnerability are catalysts for spiritual growth. I want to dig into this a little bit more today. I want to start really talking about boldness, boldness. Matthew chapter 14, we read about a guy that you know who interacted with Yeshua, and oftentimes boldness was his middle name. I mean, you know, he he introduced himself as my name is uh, Kepha, you can call me Peter, but you can call me boldness if you want. Matthew 14, verse 24. But the boat was already a long way from land, the boat on the Kenner at the Sea of Galilee, tossed around by the waves, for the wind was against it. The disciples, the Talmudim, were on the boat. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Yeshua came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost! <laughs> and they cried out with fear. But immediately Yeshua spoke to them, saying, Take courage, I am, don't be afraid. Answering, Peter said to him, Ooh, Peter, man. Master, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Bo, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water to go to Yeshua. Wow, man, what a moment. Talking about bold. But seeing the wind, he became terrified and began to sink. And he cried out, saying, Master, save me. Immediately, Yeshua reached out his hand and grabbed him. And he said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Very, very interesting. Y'all, it's hard to get more bold than this. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest about it. I, I talk about this advanced trip to Israel I'm taking, but my regular trips to Israel, I typically when uh, weather permitting, get, or get to go out on the Sea of Galilee on the Kinneret in a boat. And so I've been on a boat on the Sea of Galilee with many people from our congregation. Over the years, hundreds of people from, from our and, and from around the believing world, really, and fervent followers, fervent followers of Yeshua, dedicated, absolute, wow, solid faith amazing faith, bold people for the kingdom of God. With me on that boat, I've never had anyone get out of the boat. (laughs) You know, we'll be all over Israel, and people will say, wow. (laughs) Like when we're in Jerusalem, 
Uh, there's a place, uh, it, it, they call it the Rabbi's Tunnel. It's right by the, the Western Wall and, and the Southern Steps and by the Pool of Siloam. These are places where Yeshua was, not like might have been. I mean, he was, he was, he was there. And, and so people are always like, you know, whenever I'm on these, these, these tours or that kind of thing, people are always like, wow, my feet might actually be stepping in the very place where Yeshua's feet were, which was absolutely, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And people love to place their feet where Yeshua's feet stepped. Except the Sea of Galilee, okay? <laughs> right, Sam? I mean, we, we've, you've been with me. I mean, you, you see, the sea, I mean, his feet walked there too. You want to walk where Yeshua walked. Get out of the boat. And, <laughs> you first, Rabbi. Okay, I understand. Listen, I, I, I haven't gone out in the boat either. I didn't jump out of that boat. And people think, you know, it's a freshwater lake. And they think lake, you know, it's like, well, is it a little lake? And it's not. No, I mean, it's, 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 it's in the Syrian African rift. It's incredibly deep. Like in some places, very, very hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Hundreds, hundreds of feet deep, you know. And so <laughs> I don't see people getting out of the boat. Even as bold as we are, and by the way, if you come with me on a trip to Israel, please don't. <laughs> oh, man, right? It's like, what are you preaching, Rabbi? You know, Yeshua's like, oh, you a little faith, Rabbi Kevin. Okay, I'm sorry, but man, that's, whoo, boy, you talking about, my point is that Peter was bold. Peter was bold to get out of that boat and walk on that water like that. It's, it, it is absolutely amazing. And, and, and clearly also, this is something that is, that is interesting because uh, Peter, he, he got out of the boat and he walked on the water for a while. And then he started looking at everything around him. You know this story. And then as he looked at the waves, he looked at the wind uh, he started to sink, and he said, Yeshua saved me, and Yeshua sa saved him. And then Yeshua said, oh, Peter, you know, you have a little faith. Why did you doubt? It's interesting, because within that, Yeshua was actually trying to teach Peter something. And, and it's, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, he, he was trying to teach him, hey, listen, you had it. I mean, you had something beyond. I mean, you had it. You were walking on the water. Well, and then you lost it though, right? And, and there was a lesson there being taught to Peter. Don't look at the circumstances. Keep your eyes focused on Yeshua, of course. The author and finisher of our faith. So he was being taught. It sounds like a real condemnation, you know. Oh, you have little faith. Why do you doubt? And it sounds like he's kind of getting on his case a little bit. But you got to remember, I mean, this is not original to say, he was the only disciple to have the boldness to try it in the first place. So if Peter had little faith, why do you doubt? Imagine if the rest of the guys on the boat who didn't even venture to get out of the boat. Can you imagine their reaction when Peter's like, call me, I'm coming to you. They were like, whoa, whoa, dude, dude, get the camera out. Come on, let's video this thing. <laughs> going to make a mint on YouTube on this. <laughs> Man, it's, it's impressive, but they didn't get out of the boat. Okay. And so he had amazing boldness. If you know all of Peter's life, he had amazing boldness. So before we judge old Peter, let's just look a couple chapters later, Matthew 16. 
Why is, is, is this important? What I'm trying to do is trying to paint a picture for you about Peter, this bold, 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 bold person, but then Yeshua corrected him, right? And so how should we look at that? He was bold, but then he didn't really keep, didn't really have it completely, and Yeshua gave him a little correction and encouragement, but how did that, how did that roll with Peter thereafter? Why there's, in, there's instructiveness in here for all of us. Matthew 16, verse 13. This is up when Yeshua was up in Caesarea Philippi, which a number of you have been with me up there in the north in the Golan. When Yeshua came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his Talmudim, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who, who, who do people say that I am? They answered, some say John the Immerser, others say Elijah, the prophet, and still others say Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. Yeshua, he said, but who do you say? I am. Simon Peter, same guy who walked on the water, answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Yeshua said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my community, and the gates of Sheol will not overpower it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will have been forbidden in heaven, and what you permit on earth will have been permitted in heaven. Listen, it's very important to note this story, the timing of it, is just a little later chronologically than the story of Peter walking on the water. It's just a little later in this story. Why, why is that important? Because clearly, Yeshua did not penalize Peter. This is really important to note because you hear this little correction that Yeshua gave Peter. Oh, you have little faith. Why do you doubt? But yet Peter was the boldest of all of them. He was the boldest of all of them. But yet Yeshua was still teaching him, guiding him. So, but, but what happened? Did Peter get in trouble for this boldness and then having to be corrected? No, 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 my friends. No, no, on the contrary, Yeshua noted Peter's boldness. He noted Peter's boldness, and he appreciated Peter's boldness. So clearly, clearly, on the contrary, Yeshua speaks highly of Peter, and that Peter will be a, le a leader even within the community of God. So here is Yeshua just a little bit later, after Peter so boldly, I mean, just chutzpah, man, chutzpah. Walks on the water like that, but yet he gets corrected. It's like, oh, is he in trouble? No, no, no. Just a little bit later, this is the impression that Peter made on Yeshua. Peter, Yeshua knew it was in Peter's heart, is that he said, you're going to be a leader in the entire Messianic body, Peter. And, and we know that Peter, along with James, or Yaakov, Jacob, and John, with an assist from Shaul, were the leaders of the body of Messiah after Yeshua's resurrection. One of the top leaders in the, in the whole body of Messiah. See, friends, Peter's boldness clearly led to spiritual growth. This, this is the point. Remember my premise to start. 
Boldness and vulnerability are instigators of spiritual growth. His boldness, Peter's boldness in the Lord. I want you to be thinking of you yourselves in your life and to take your temperature when it comes to these two attributes. I want you to be thinking about your temperature on these two attributes. The first one's boldness. How bold are you for the kingdom of God? How bold are you for the Messiah? This is the question for us to contemplate, for us to think about. I've seen people who are bold in seeking the Lord and things of the Lord. And oftentimes, there are some people who I've seen even at Bethlehem over the years who've made like Herculean jumps in their spiritual walks. I've seen people over the years who make great strides in their spiritual growth. And, and what is oftentimes an attribute that accompanies those people, these people have? They're zealous in their passion for God. They're bold in seeking God. They're not shy about it. They're ambitious for seeking God. They're willing to, at least symbolically, get out of the boat and walk on the water. They're not content to be complacent with where they're at spiritually. Oftentimes, wait for it, wait for it, oftentimes they'll come on Tuesday nights <laughs> so that they can learn more. I say that, listen, we need to have a hunger in our hearts for God a boldness, a zealousness in our hearts for God. Oftentimes, like for instance, Godfrey's doing this series right now on Tuesdays. Man, I would like to see more of you here on Tuesday nights. Why? Because that is a supplement of your spiritual feeding in order to help you grow. But in order for you to grow like this spiritually, you have to have a boldness within you when it comes to things of God so that you want it. He ain't gonna force feed you. You have to want it. It's available to you. Take your temperature on your boldness for God. These people read their Bibles regularly. They seek to help their fellow man and woman. They pray faithfully. People who are bold for the Lord, who I see real spiritual growth in, don't let the things of this world interrupt them from pursuing the things of God. Let me say that again. I want you to internalize it in your spirit. These people who have real spiritual growth don't let the things of this world interrupt them from pursuing the things of God. It's so easy, beloved, I know. 
It's so easy to let the things of this world take precedence. You know, oftentimes the urgent crowds out the important. What's important? Hey, our relationship with our creator. Someone say amen. amen. Nothing will get in their way. Not pandemic. That won't get in their way. Stress won't get in their way. Career, family, money, time, sleep. No, friends. If you're bold in seeking God and his kingdom, nothing is going to get in your way. And if this is your attitude, friends, you're going to have spiritual growth. You're going to have profound spiritual growth in your life. Matthew 6, they boldly pursue God. They boldly pursue God. They boldly pursue God. And they find God. And they have spiritual growth. Matthew 6, verse 33 says, But seek, secondly, the kingdom of God. Oh, is that not what your scripture says? But seek after your career, the kingdom of God. Is that what you're? Seek even after your family. Your family comes first, then the kingdom of God. No, 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 no. Doesn't actually say that. Your family is very important. Don't misunderstand me. But seek first, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. People think, well, I've got all these other priorities. I've got to get all these other things done. Seek first the kingdom of God. And this other stuff will be added to you. You know what? And if it's not added to you and you're seeking God's kingdom first, you didn't need it. If you're seeking God's kingdom first, your family is going to benefit like nobody else. You understand? You got to seek God's kingdom first. Do you want your spiritual walk to improve? If the answer to that question is yes, be bold in your pursuit of God. The rest of the things will fall into place. Boldness. 2nd thing is vulnerability. Psalm 131. Man, I love Psalm 131. One of my favorite psalms. Friends, listen to this. A man after God's own heart has clearly experienced spiritual growth. I mean, right? If God says, this is a man after my heart, then clearly that's somebody who has experienced spiritual growth. <laughs> There's no way that could not be true. Surely, whoever God says is after his heart has experienced spiritual growth. Well, such a man is King David. Such a man is King David. Let's hear... From the wise, great, and mighty King David. Psalm 131, a song of ascents of David. Adonai, 
My heart is not proud, nor are my eyes lofty, nor do I go after things too great or too difficult for me. But I've calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in Adonai from this time forth and forever. (laughs) Wow. Friends, study. Study King David. He had a habit of being vulnerable. He had a habit of being vulnerable. Here he says, I do not go after things too great or too difficult for me. NIV translation says, the King David says, I don't concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. (laughs) Music group Waterdeep has a great song based on this psalm. It's one of my favorites. Love that. Later, not now, look on YouTube for Waterdeep, Psalm 131. When the king says that there are things that he doesn't get, but he needs to calm and quiet his soul. Man, he's revealing his heart to us. Vulnerability is indeed a key. And the basis of vulnerability is humility. Psalm 51, a few good many pages before. Think of King David's confession psalm. Psalm 51 is David's famous confession psalm when he had sinned before God with with Bathsheba. Uh, You know the story, of course. It's It's a naughty one. But King David confessed before the Lord, the prophet Nathan. And and listen to, we'll just read a little part of it. The whole psalm is, man, intense. Start verse 4. King David again. This is what he says to God. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was born in iniquity and in sin when my mother conceived me. Skip down to verse 19. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. I want you to think about this for just a minute. Join me in this journey of examining this psalm and David's confession in a way that perhaps you haven't seen it before and thinking about it in this context. Because yes, this is a confession of King David 
before God. So yes, he was repenting for his sin. Absolutely, and that's a, that's a great thing. The fact that King David, even taking away the psalm for just a minute, the fact that, the, that King David would even repent for his sin differentiates him from pretty much almost every other king of Israel. He repented before God. That's good. That's tremendous. That's, if I could put it this, that way, that's vulnerable enough, really. Just the fact that he's genuinely confessing. But friends, it's even more vulnerable than it seems, much more so. Why? Why, Rabbi Kevin? I hadn't thought about this before. The reason is because he wrote it down for you and I to read. Now, maybe you say, okay, what do you mean by that? I want you to think about this. The pharaohs in Egypt built giant pyramids to proclaim their eternal greatness. A wonder of the world to proclaim their greatness. The Caesars built Colosseums and had cities named after themselves. Alexander and Catherine are known as what? The Great. William, known as the Conqueror. But King David, he not only makes himself vulnerable to Nathan the prophet and to God, but he writes his confession and his repentance for all of us to see and read. You think about that. Contrast that to the other, other world leaders, even of his day. Israel during his day was the most powerful country in the world. And as opposed to building a giant pyramid to his greatness, he, wanted, he, wanted, he had the heart to build a temple for God and he gave us his repentance. He wrote it down. He didn't try to hide it away to say, I'm all that. No, no, no. He exposed his sin, his worst sin, and his confession to you, to you, to you and me. What? This is so unlike anybody else. What humility. Why is King David a man after God's own heart? You may want to start with that. Vulnerability leads to great 
spiritual growth. The people that I see that have great spiritual growth are people who are humble before their God. If we have a, if we come in with a know-it-all attitude, we've lost. Humble attitude. They recognize they don't know everything. There are a number of definitions for for vulnerable, but according to dictionary.com, the one that applies here is willing to show emotion or to allow one's weaknesses to be seen or known. Vulnerable. 2 Corinthians 12. Wow. Did did David have spiritual growth? Wow, that dude had spiritual growth. Man after God's own heart. What a vulnerable guy. What a humble guy. Rabbi Shaul, Paul the Shaliach, had what he described as a thorn in his flesh which tormented him. There was something scholars debate. What exactly was the thorn in the flesh that, that Saul, that Paul referred to? Nobody exactly knows. Scholars debate was it a person? Was it a situation? Was it an illness? We don't exactly know what the thorn in the side was. But we know if something was afflicting him bad, really bad. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8. I pleaded with the Lord, this is Paul. I pleaded with the Lord three times about this, that it might leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Messiah may dwell in me. For Messiah's sake, then, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in distresses, in persecutions, in calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Friends, that's really a story of the Jewish people, too. God did not choose us because we were the greatest. He chose us because we were the least. Why? To exalt his power. So when so many amazing things happen in the world and in history through the Jewish people, most notably, of course, the bringing the world, the word of God and the Messiah, that he says, hey, credit belongs to me. Not you. Credit belongs to me. That's effectively what Rabbi Shaul is saying here as well. He has given us the grace to make it through. And so even when it's difficult and hard and challenging, like Candace talked about a little bit last week, we give credit to God who will see us through it. Somebody say amen. Amen. See, when we are vulnerable, we are admitting that we can't do it in our own strength, brothers and sisters. You can't always do it in your own strength. A lot of times you can, you can't always. A lot of times people, you know, listen, I, I, I know that the Lord, just illustratively, y'all, I know that the Lord, out of his great kindness, has gifted me with a certain amount of gifting to speak. Certain amount, okay, I'm not claiming much. A certain amount. 
But I also recognize that if I rely purely on that gifting and not on him, it, the words are going to be vacuous. They're going to fail. They'll fall right off the beam into the floor. They won't mean anything. It is only because of God that what I say is going to have an impact in your life. Amen? And that's why all credit belongs to him and not me. Because whatever gifting I have, I'm not near articulate enough to change your life. He is. And so please, God, I say, Lord, I humble myself. Speak through me and anoint me, Lord, for your purposes so that your word can touch people's hearts. We have to rely on him who made us. But friends, most people don't like to show any vulnerability. They think it makes them look weak. Or they think, they think it makes them look stupid. But admitting that you need help is exactly what will allow you to grow. Now, I want you to think about it. Walk with me on the logic on this. It makes logical sense. If you admit that you have a weakness, if you admit that you're not perfect, if you admit that you don't know everything, you're going to have a better mindset to receive. And if you have a better mindset to receive, being teachable, then you are naturally and logically going to grow. But if you have this attitude like, yeah, I pretty much know everything. I know the Bible pretty well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I know most, most things I hear I've pretty much got a good handle on. Well, okay, great. You sure ain't going to grow that much. I don't think I really, I don't get too much out of Tuesday nights, really. <laughs> you know, some of the teachers are just like, well, you know, they're probably not at my level. You wouldn't say that out loud, but maybe it's crossed your mind. Well, <laughs> great. Well, you're not going to change that level then. See, what's, what's our attitude? You see, what is our attitude? We have to have a vulnerability to ourselves where we say, God, that reminds me of Jerry Rutkin. God, I know nothing. You know everything. Teach me your ways, oh God. I humble myself before you, precious God. Please let me not think more of myself. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Having a having that, that vulnerable, humble attitude before God. Ah, you open yourself up to spiritual growth. Massive spiritual growth. Massive spiritual growth. If you have a vulnerability and a humbleness about you, I don't know everything. I have a lot to learn. Lord, teach me your ways. Guide, guide me, Lord, in your word. Let me read your word more, God, because I just don't know near enough. People like Jerry Rutkin, people like my friend Rabbi Richard Freeman, who, who memorized like half the Bible at one point and didn't tell anybody. <laughs> Unbelievable. Still has an attitude. You know what? I think of my friend, I think about Richard Freeman, I, Rabbi Richard Freeman, who I think about Jerry Rutkin. These guys way above my pay grade but so humble. I have, I have voicemails. Rabbi Richard Freeman, Jerry Rutkin's gone to heaven. He came here and spoke many, many years. Uh, Jewish believer from New York. 
Um, Rabbi Richard Freeman is retired about a couple years ago from one of our sister congregations, Beth Messiah in Houston, Texas. And I still, on my, on my voicemail, if you were to check it right now, I got a couple saved voicemails from Rabbi Richard Freeman just, just talking. And, and what does he do? He's just encouraging me. Rabbi Kevin, he's from Texas now, okay? So he's got that Texas. Rabbi Kevin, you are, so, this, this guy, is, he's, he's one of the fathers of our movement. He's in the father group. Rabbi Kevin, you are such an amazing rabbi, brother. I love you. You are unbelievable. The movement's in good hands because you're working. And oh, Rabbi Kevin, you're, and I'm like, this guy memorized half the Bible, man. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not in his league. And, and he's saying good things about me. Friends, the key to spiritual growth is to have both. Boldness and vulnerability. Because friends, if you are bold alone, It can lead to recklessness and arrogance. And if you are vulnerable alone, it can lead to self-condemnation and lethargy. No. You need both. Peter was very bold. We talked about Peter. But he was also vulnerable and teachable. Remember when Yeshua corrected him about washing his feet, he said, I'm going to wash your feet. And Peter said, no, you'll never wash my feet. Very bold. <laughs> you'll never wash my feet. And Yeshua said, okay, well, if I, if I don't wash your feet, I'll have no part of you. And Peter immediately said, Okay, yes, Lord, my feet, my head, my whole body. Watch me, absolutely. <laughs> Peter. He quickly, but, but get it, though. He quickly received correction and then asked Yeshua, wash my head. What is that? That's teachable. That's vulnerable. That's humble. Not just bold. Bold and Vulnerable. And King David wrote Psalm 131, wrote Psalm 51. You can't get more vulnerable. I don't know if there's anybody in the scripture outside of Yeshua himself who's been more vulnerable and transparent with all of us. I mean, ultimately vulnerable, but buddy, he faced Goliath. He was bold. Bold. You come at me with a sword and a spear. I come at you in the name of the Lord, the God of hosts of Israel, Who's, whom you have defied, and this day I'm going to chop off your head. Whee! Okay. Man, David, you, whoo, boy. Everybody up on the hill was going, whoa, whoa, what'd that dude just say? Holy mackerel. <laughs> That's a loose translation of the Hebrew. <laughs> Holy mackerel. <laughs> You don't get more bold than King David, Mr. Vulnerable. When he faced Goliath, he spoke to him with the boldness of a superhero. Boldness 
and vulnerability are catalysts for spiritual growth. So as 2023 gets going in your own life, seek to cultivate these attributes. Take the temperature of your vulnerability, your humility and teachability, of your boldness. They will really help transform you into the man or the woman that God wants for you to be. Each of us should be each of us should be seeking spiritual growth in our own lives. And these qualities can really make a difference in taking you to the next level. So the title of my message today is, as you would guess, Boldness and Vulnerability. Yeah, let's bow our heads. Mm, thank you, Lord. I want to ask if there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If you've never given your life to God, but you want to today, you've never made a commitment to follow Yeshua, but you want to, raise your hand and we'll pray together. You know what that is? When you raise your hand to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, wait for it, wait for it, here it comes. That's bold. And that's vulnerable. <laughs> if that's you and you've never said that prayer before but you want to raise your hand and we'll have a prayer together be honest about it maybe you're watching online and you've never said that prayer but you'd like to today say dear God I humble myself before you I ask Yeshua to come into my heart I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Forgive me of my sins, God, I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, God, in Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, if you're watching online, please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. It would be the best decision you've ever made. If you're in here and you said that prayer, please see me after the service. Thank you, Lord. God, give us boldness. Let this congregation be bold in our walk and in our testimony and in our pursuit of, of holiness, our pursuit of you, God, our pursuit of learning of you. Give us boldness. Boldness in sharing about you. Lord, and give us vulnerability, God. Let us be vulnerable. Recognizing we need you, Lord. And we need to be teachable and humble. Thank you, oh God. We love you. Oh, we're excited about what you're doing in this congregation right now. Dedicated to you, bless you for it. And thank you, God. B'Shem Yeshua, in the name of our Messiah Yeshua, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. 
That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Light, light, light.